welcome everyone to the USL show. Oh, you! Oh, I did it! I did it! Just, <laughs> you know, it's been a couple of years I spent with the USL show. Uh, Old habits die hard, I guess. Right. For goodness' sake, or I'm just scatterbrained, which is probably more the answer. Welcome everyone to Fly Over Footy. Sorry, everyone, a little brain slip there. Uh, we've got a great show tonight. Lots of fun stuff to talk about. We may have to shorten what we talk about because last time we spent like an hour on one game. If we've got two games to talk about but before we do that let's introduce everybody jake you're first and uh you know you're i'm glad you're here but more importantly happy birthday margo oh yeah <laughs> i figured it's about time i changed my name to margo's dad that's just <laughs> dad. Two, two games in the official mls next pro season and 90 percent of my conversation at both games was where's margo yeah <laughs> She's yeah. downstairs. Very Eating nice. You, you got her cake. some fancy treats today, right? What'd you would where'd you take her again? Sorry. Went to Treats Unleashed, hooked it up with a big old dog treat for free. And I mean we bought some other treats too, so she's going nuts. I kinda we kinda <laughs> forgot it was her birthday uh today. So at I she also got like lunch with ground turkey and chips and everything. Just Try to Perfect. make up for it. <laughs> Spoiler. She knew. She knew you forgot and you had to really treat her today. <laughs> uh, Matt, how you doing, man? I'm doing well, Phil. Um, riding high, having a good week. Probably one of the one of the most chill weeks I've had in a while, so I'm just enjoying it. Nice. Because last week or last time we talked was two weeks ago. You were alone with the kids and it was rough, so that's a good balance. Alone with the kids, planning vacation. Vacation went well. As recharged as one could be going on vacation with uh, two kids under five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah right. you spent uh, a weekend in Colorado. I did. Yeah, got back. Were uh, you in just... Denver only or? Just part? outside of Denver. Uh, went to Golden as our base. And then we did go up in the mountains one day, which was um, an adventure. It was a snowstorm when we went up to about 11,000 feet. That's so cool. it was a fun drive. Did you guys hike around a little bit or just kind of see the sights while you were up there? Mostly saw the sights. Um, the most incredible site was by far the Red Rock Amphitheater. Oh, if nice. you haven't been, cannot recommend that enough. Um, a literal amphitheater built into the Red Rocks, and it is just a sight. You can see Denver off in the distance when you're in the top row. It's incredible. And they say that the acoustics there are in the best. Like It's just naturally built to have good sound. There were people there who had seen a... a like an electronic show the night before and they were raving about it. Nice. So we got to go a little long here, but you also went to a Colorado Rapids game. So yeah. Tell us about that. I what did. I was impressed by their stadium. It's one of those, uh, I guess I like to say like MLS 2.0 stadiums, um, similar to sporting. Uh, it's got that, it has that weird, um, canopy to it on both sides where it's like, it's got these little like tiered platforms that are off center so it was kind of a, a weird look. Um, I got to hang out with the Centennial 39 supporter group. I think that's what they're called. Um, nice guys. Um, met up with uh, one of our friends out there who's a city supporter. Um, took the family. Had a great time. The fans were, were rowdy. It was louder than I expected it to be because hmm. um, it was definitely not a sellout. So I was kind of surprised with how well the atmosphere was or how how um, hyped up the atmosphere was in that in that stadium but everybody seemed to be having a great time there but there were plenty of seats open kind of everywhere and it was a rivalry game too the rapids were playing um mm-hmm. for salt lakes the i think they call it the rocky mountain cup 
Well, it's, it is a cronky team, right? So it is a cronky team. Never expect a full full stadium. Uh, Santiago, I'll give it their minimum. Yeah, <laughs> Santiago, how are you doing, man? What have you been up to? Uh, doing great, doing great. It's been a a good week so far, and tomorrow is my Friday, so I'm excited about the short week and uh, also uh, getting ready to go to uh, Puerto Rico for a week, um, mm. spend some time with family, take a couple of days off and do some work from there. Um, take advantage of that while we can. Very nice. Good, good, good. Um, Stuart, how are you doing, man? What's new? Oh, Stuart, did we lose you? Okay, Stuart, uh, we can't tell if he's there because there's no there. There you are, there you are. <laughs> yeah, it's he my head. Snakes away. <laughs> no, secretly just hiding under the bed. <laughs> no, I'm doing well. Just, uh, yeah, I'm jealous of uh, Santi right now going on down to Puerto Rico. So uh, I think everyone is here. Today's weather was not a great endorsement for sticking around the Midwest, but uh, no, it's 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 been great. I, I was actually trying to change my name while you're talking to Margot's number one fan. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am I'm really sorry I, did, I kept that from happening. That's my bad. <laughs> no, I'm just really bad at doing any sort of video conferencing. So I'm, I'm, all, all off the board here, but no, I'm, I'm doing well. I'm actually, uh, I'll be heading overseas next week. So looking forward to that. Uh, but hopefully there'll be a, uh, Louisville loss in the open cup <laughs> head because that would be absolutely fantastic. It really would. Um, I, I am sorry that, uh, I found out cause I, I actually got to watch half that, that game we're about to talk about at the dam with you and you were worried that Fulham might move the game you were planning on watching and they absolutely did that to you. Yeah, no. So, um, that's, that's absolutely one of the things that at least, uh, MLS and American sports do way better than, uh, specifically English, hmm. uh, sports broadcasters are in England. You have a, it's a, supposed to be eight week notice but for some games you can give six or four week notice on moving games Hmm. so if you're you know there's a lot of people who come in from say ireland or or france or or norway or just pretty short flights considering and uh if you move a flight or if you move a match you know, 24 hours one way or the other, it's it really isn't tenable for a lot of people. So I know that's caused a lot of uproar for a lot of people, but that's all all what comes with that TV money. Mm-hmm. It, it fans are secondary when it comes to TV money. And that's uh, something to to keep in mind for American fans, MLS fans, as we look mm. towards a bigger TV contract. Yeah, that's well said, because that's around the corner. And I'm sure we'll dig into that when that news is uh, pretty big and hit, uh, you know, fresh, I guess. Um, I like I like the foreboding there. Yeah, I know. Yeah, this is this is good, actually. <laughs> we can replay it. I'm, we're recording it, you know. I'm very good at foreboding. I mean, <laughs> there's, there's many things I'm always uh, 
cynical and anxious and uh, dire about. So uh, just, just let me know and I'll give a 15 cent or 15 second clip for all of them. Perfect. Hey, I'm with you on that one, though. It's something that I, it's worth worrying about, in my opinion. Uh, but like I said, I, we did get to hang out and watched. I watched the second half of that. Um, which one was it? The Open Cup game? Yeah, the Open Cup game at the dam. I don't know why that's so um, foggy. But, yeah, we got to watch St. Louis City SC2 play Indy 11. And uh, an astounding victory, in my opinion. That game was, I thought our guys were dominant against the USL championship team. And, um, you know, we got some interesting coach comments from uh, the other side. Uh, but And maybe we'll get to that later. But let's just start with you guys. Jake? I want to start with you again, man. How did you feel about that game and, and uh, kind of what were you thinking as it went on, as it went on? Um, so I was working while watching it. I wasn't quite able to get everything done before the game started. So I caught, I did, I, I had it on side by side on my work on one screen game on the other, as I usually do anyway. So, but this one I was trying to be a lot more attentive to. Um, I did, I did catch a lot of the game and it was, and it was just great. It was so good to watch. we, it we just controlled the game without the ball like we our press was fantastic i was i was pretty optimistic going into the game just seeing how much we've progressed in such a short time and considering we tied him one to one in preseason which was pretty early in preseason if i remember correctly yeah um so i was pretty confident seeing how we would played and how much we've uh just how the team's been able to like blend so well together in such a short amount of time i was feeling pretty good going into it and they look great. Yeah, those the coach's comments afterwards, like, dude, you're an idiot. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what game <laughs> you're watching, but not our, not Hackworth's comments. They're Indy's comments afterwards. Oh, yeah, yeah. Clarify. Mark, is it Mark uh, Lowry? I forgot his first name. I'm going to look Mark him up Lowry. because they, yeah. Yeah, I want to get him right. But go ahead. Keep going. Um, yeah, so, I mean, it, it was great to watch. The, that first goal was just nuts. Like, well, let's start US Heavenly. Open Cup with a... Golazo, why not? Okay, cool. St. Louis <laughs> City, SC, here we come. Like it was, uh, it was so good to watch. And yeah, it, I don't know, I don't know what else to say. Except it was fantastic. It was. Anyone else want to jump in? Give some more details, perhaps. I really like the way Jake put that. Uh, we controlled the game without the ball because our our overall possession was thirty six percent in that game. So it, it was in line with what we saw the first game and what we saw with Tacoma, where we didn't have the ball a lot, but that high press and the constant pressure that we were putting on them was rattling them. And that was very abundant or very abundantly clear mm. that they were just off of their game. And I, I don't know what their game looks like typically, but I can't imagine that was by design for them at all. Uh, the first goal was because of the pressure we were putting on them. They played it from a goal kick and they couldn't figure out what to do with the ball in their end until they tried to clear it. It made it maybe halfway towards midfield and then Yarrow just, what an unbelievable touch in the air. The ball didn't even hit the ground. Just an unbelievable touch for a cross that Ezra played on a one bounce and then an immediate, like, just golazo on the back of the net. It was amazing. And that was, the, if we, they weren't off their game then, they were off their game at that point for the rest of the game. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that set the tone because it was early, like an 18-minute 18 18 minute goal. So they just never seem to be able to recover enough to put up um, much of a threat. Agree. Stuart, Santiago, what do you guys think about the game? 
So I missed the second half because uh, I had um, something uh, to do around that time. But the first half, um, what I saw was great. And uh, just back to that goal, um, echoing what Matt was saying, is the result of that press. Like uh, if you look at the replay, like uh, before um, Indy had that header that uh, ended up uh, with the ball going to Jaros and him passing him right away. Like if, if you stop the replay, like right before mm -hmm. they hit that header, there are like three or four play, three or four St. Louis City two players around the player that hit the header. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. And yeah, obviously they didn't, they were pressed and didn't know what to do and thought uh, they were getting away with it. And, and Jaro uh, with that quick pass, uh, that was amazing to see. It really, really was. I, 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 Stuart, why don't you give some thoughts before I go too long? You might cover something I was going to say anyway. Oh, I don't know about that, but it, it was just fun going to the Amsterdam and seeing uh, a few people there who I don't know. And it, it part of the St. Louis City experience that's fun is seeing non-St. Louis FC fans or I don't know if I'm wording that right, but just new fans experiencing the team in a way that uh, I haven't seen before. So <clears throat> at the Amsterdam, there were probably 10, 12 fans that never seen, never known, but they were very into the game. And uh, unfortunately, the TVs were off on their timing. So the feeds were a little bit, off which kind of ruins the magic slightly but uh ryan pulled him and uh and i moved over to the most updated feed to watch the the ezra armstrong goal and that was just an absolutely amazing goal and it 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 didn't really seem like a game that was ever really in doubt or a game that should ever be in doubt if that makes sense if if Indy won that game, it would have been a travesty because we just dominated them. That that game could have been four, five, nothing, and that would have been a respectable score for the how that game was was carried on. Outside of maybe what was that, fifteen minutes in the second half, start of the second half, where yeah. Indy came back, it was all St. Louis and. Indy hasn't looked well this year up until last week. I, I think we kind of woke them up a little bit. So uh, it, it was quote unquote an upset, but it wasn't a surprising one. If that makes sense. Yeah, I agree. Um, to dig in some, to some stats. Um, once again, we saw 63% passing accuracy versus 75%. Uh, possession 36 to 64 Indy obviously higher in both of those categories and my main takeaway from this game is I was totally expecting that to be the case and um, so this is like I looked at that game and I thought this is how St. Louis controls a game if we win a game and we look good in a game this is what we want it to look like because Indy they were just retreating the entire first half, just retreating all the way back to the back line. Um, you know, rarely did they get at the ball ahead of their half line. And a lot of times they would get it at the half line, pass back, and we'd press them and they'd pass back and then they'd lump it forward quite often. So um, 
we really did. I feel like we controlled the game, especially that first half outside of those 15 minutes that Stuart was talking about. I believe Indy had like one or two shots. I'm not sure any were on goal in the first half. So just complete dominance from a third tier team against a second tier team. One that is has some major players in it, I'll just say. Um, and I will just also say that Nikki Law um, looked really good and found himself in space that was really starting to worry me throughout the game. They weren't able to capitalize it. I'm not sure they saw how um, useful he could have been on the left flank there. Um, but I was talking to John Morrissey, who is of USL Tactics fame because he's an Indy 11 fan. And um, we were talking before the game. I was like, hey, how do you feel about Indy this year? I'm not following very well. And, you know, Mark Lowry came from um, El Paso, where they were known for like that diamond midfield, playing a possession game. And I've been so worried about their field being the crappiest field in USL just about at this point, which is saying something. But um, now I just didn't think it was going to translate. And so he did give up on that diamond midfield like a week before we played them. And so they were running just a standard 4-4-2 flat. And so they were making changes. They are in the midst of trying to figure their team out. And maybe they figured it out the week after we played them. Again, Sue, I love that idea that maybe it was a wake-up call. Uh, But anyway, some background there that we caught them at a good time. Uh, But I don't think that means anything because of the level of dominance. No second-tier championship team that has the budget that they have should be uh, that dominated by a third-tier team like us. Um, that's maybe we should debate that another time because well, and yeah, go ahead. And, and the one thing that I saw by by some people after that match, there was a I don't want to say an argument, but there's a discussion about whether it was an upset or mm. a cup set. And I was firmly on the side, and I still am, that anytime a third division team beats a second division or a third beats a first, second beats a first, it's a cup set. It's an upset, and it, it doesn't matter if it's a soon-to-be second team of a first team where the first team hasn't started yet. There is There are a few, there, and I might eat my words here next year, but I bet there are a few players right now who are going to be starting for us next year. So the notion that our team is somehow unicorn because we have a first team that has yet to start doesn't diminish the fact that we're a third-tier team who beat a second tier. And the just the, the way we beat them, too, and the budgets that they have versus what no doubt our second team has right now. We're not paying these guys MLS salaries far from. No, I, I, I totally agree with you that it was, it was definitely a cup set, but the form of Indy was uh, pretty bad to go into it. So we're, we're definitely a third division team upsetting a second division team. But if you picked the upset to happen, this was the one that made the most sense. That's, I can see that. I can yeah. see yeah. that. And, 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 but that speaks more to Indy's preparation, their, their ability to really sustain any kind of run in the Open Cup. Because it, they knew the Open Cup was coming. It's not like they, this caught them off guard. They knew what was ahead of them. They should have been prepared. And their lack of preparation doesn't diminish the upset that this was it doesn't somehow make um them playing a third tier team a a different mindset because they played the way they did yeah and and indy had already played four games in their season so i wouldn't say lack of um playing time or preparation uh yeah i'm on the cop set side too uh and yeah you can are you can say 
Yeah, but St. Louis City too has some players with MLS experience, with USL experience. But yeah, it has some, but it's not everybody on the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, it's still a third division team beating a second division team. And I, I, mean, I was looking back at the, our second goal, which we haven't really talked a whole lot about the second goal. Second goal was facilitated by a guy straight out of college, Kyle Hebert. Mm-hmm. He's the one who, again, the pressure that we put on them to force bad passes in uh, in their own end, Hebert was the one who played it up to Ezra, who then got it over to Celia, who got it over to Kuzain. So if it wasn't for a guy fresh out of college starting that play to uh, to a guy with USL championship experience, that wouldn't have happened. And so I, I, I can't. I can't say enough about Kyle Hebert, first of all, who's just been uh, phenomenal in center back. But I just wanted to give that specifically a shout out because he was the one who uh, started that entire sequence for a second goal. Love that. That's a great shout. And I think that's the debate I want to have someday is, you know, what level are we? And I think once we start, if listen to me, if we start dominating MLS Next Pro, like then it's like, okay, do are we earning this with like hard work? Are players, you know, better than we think they are? Or are they well scouted? Are they college guys that would play in championship? It would be fun to talk about that. We won't do it today. Uh, but uh, the other thing I wanted to say about um, that was that I thought that if we... John said that he was worried about the game, right? So that kind of speaks to what Stu was saying, that if you were to pick a cup set, this was kind of one of the top ones you could pick. Um, but I also thought that if we got an early goal, that we'd have a really good chance. Um, and so that happened, thank goodness, with Armstrong. Um, and Matt, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that other um, goal because that was a, a good breakdown of that. Not Kuzane's only chance that day. So it's nice that he got to finish that one off. Uh, he did a great job with that. Um, but I do want to mention these Mark Lowry tweets, and then I'll give you guys a chance to, to talk about it. Um, so with a short turn, he says, we prepared the team to win. Um, the reason we didn't wasn't because we didn't get enough shots or moments to score. By the way, so he we only saw, and I'm glad I didn't tweet this stuff out. I wanted to talk, and I, I when I talk, I get myself into trouble, and I'm glad I didn't because Mark Lowry put up like four or five tweets that make more sense but he was a boomer about it and he didn't like thread them. So it was easy to see one clip and, and, and say that, boy, that was a terrible quote. Why would you post that? Um, so yeah, here's the first one. He said, we, we created enough problems to score and it just didn't go our way, which yes. If you look at the final stats, um, if you ignore that first half, he's absolutely right. Um, the creation was really similar by the end of the game, um, as far as shots and stuff like that. Um, he says in many ways, it was the best we've been on the ball between the boxes. And this stat shows this, um, the plan we had to break the uh, press worked well. The players moved the ball well and controlled the game in large parts. I think we can all disagree with that, right? Especially the first half was so bad and maybe I'm focusing on the first half, but it felt like we were in control most of the game. Let me read the last two, and then I think we'll open up to comment here. It wasn't for lack of effort or desire. We won the duels, the second ball battles, and showed aggression in those moments. This is something the guys have worked and done very well. It doesn't matter. I'm not trying to shout this guy out. I just read that, and I was like, man, it doesn't make sense to me, but maybe if we were were to watch the second half again, maybe it would look a lot better for them. And I guess if we consider that second game, are we a first-half team? I don't know. I don't know. Preseason, not necessarily so. But 
anyway, I, th- it was something very interesting. I definitely, while I was calling him out, wanted to make sure everyone knew that he missed out on threading those and it looked worse than it was. So, <laughs> uh, I, I think the press were definitely a, uh, a start of the half team. That makes sense. We come out with high energy and, and we saw it in the most recent game where we're immediately on the opposition and we saw that against Rochester too in the first game. So hmm. I wouldn't say we're a first or second half team, but we are a start of the half team where we are going to come out of the gate and we're going to be, you know, we're going to punch you in the mouth and try to get that goal or, uh, or two really. And in preseason, we've won games in the last few minutes, you know? So, you know, I don't think we can decide one way or another. There was a, I can't remember who said it. There, I saw somebody on Twitter who was ranking MLS Next Pro teams, and he ranked St. Louis City currently as the top team. But he put a caveat that said, we have no depth. Hmm. And I was about to, I was about to argue until I started looking at some of the things we're talking about here, where our starters, as soon as they start to rotate and leave the match, you notice a drop-off. You notice a shift in in the dynamic, and you notice us our, our high press starts to get beat a little bit. We mm-hmm. are we're caught in certain certain ways in certain places on the field. We saw it, we've seen it in really all three matches, but specifically Indy and Tacoma. Um, and I, I don't necessarily know that it's that we don't have depth. I think it's just the fact that our depth hasn't had enough minutes to be cohesive enough um, to continue the type of high quality action that we see in that first half and in the beginning of the second half. I'm hoping time will will help correct that, um, but that will require minutes for some of those other guys like Adita Armstrong, like a Kwame. Um, so needing to see more of that depth, I think, and just have them prove themselves a little more, maybe see rotation in the starting lineup and see how that goes, because we really, we know how our first half and start of the second half is with our, our starting 11. We've seen that pretty consistently the first three games. We know what our, who our starting 11 is. But once we see rotation in that starting 11, that's when it's going to provide a really interesting insight into how those other guys play and how that depth really handles um, being able to start the game with this high intensity. Yeah, let's talk about that for a second. Matt, you uh, got a good quote uh, from Hackworth. I don't know if you asked it or not, but um, about you know prioritizing the Open Cup. And mm-hmm. so, you know, do you guys think we will see rotation in MLS Next Pro so that the Open Cup can be a priority? 100%. Yeah. I'll, I, I, I think, so the two things he mentioned were the very first match, the opener against Rochester because it's special, and the Open Cup where it is win or go home. Other than that, it is his mindset and his his quotes were leaning more towards this being a developmental team. It that those standard things you hear about the two team, uh, we're developing talent, we want to um, grow everybody grow who we have. Mm-hmm. So I think we're going to see a prioritization of our starting 11 for the Open Cup for as long as we have it. I would not be surprised at all to see significant rotation against sporting kc2 meaning maybe four or five different guys Mm -hmm. um now 
I don't want to go too off topic, but we we've got our uh, GA Cup um, U17s down in Texas. So I don't know how available guys like Mayer or Vollmer or or those uh, Ferguson and them are going to be. But we do have some pro players who haven't seen a whole lot of time. Um, you know, uh, the Gibbs or, or Carson Gibbs, uh, mm-hmm. Jack Wagner, those kind of guys. So I, I wouldn't be surprised to see some of those just so we can stay fresh and keep the starting 11 we've been seeing more or less uh, for Louisville. Yeah, And Ezra, Ezra Armstrong is going to be back for that match. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I want to see rotation, rotation, rotation in the uh, MLS Next Pro stuff, personally. I like yeah, yeah, go ahead. No, and I, I think we will see more of that rotation. Uh, I, I think it will depend on how we do in the Open Cup. Like, mm-hmm. uh, if, if the team has a a good run. Um, I think we will see some rotation and I don't necessarily think we will see that uh, this Saturday against Sporting KC. I think we will see it for sure on the 24th, uh, the game after the Open Cup. Uh, But I think uh, if the team goes uh, in a great run in the Open Cup, uh, we may not see a lot. Yeah, you will have some guys that you may want to rest. but I think after the Open Cup, uh, depending on how long this run uh, goes, uh, we will see more rotation and kind of be back to that uh, development team and trying to give more minutes uh, to some of the younger players. Although the other thing to keep in mind is around July, uh, a lot of these uh, guys that the team already signed for MLS are supposed to join the team. So it will be interesting to see uh, what the core group uh, will be around that time and, and how uh, the team rotates um, the players. Yeah, well, it's, it's yeah, they've got a balancing act. They got to they got to go through and it's almost good that we have lots of games, you know, like if we have more Open Cup games, if we have lots of Academy games, it's nice that there's a way to spread those minutes and not make those U23 type players feel you know, totally rejected when those, when those massive pros come in. So I think about that a lot. It'd be hard to watch, you know, Dolan get less minutes all of a sudden when he's been such a workhorse, you know, um, I have other, I have other thoughts on, on all that stuff, but I think we should, we're going to cover that kind of stuff other days. So I want to move on to the next game, um, back to MLS next pro competition, four to three win for St. Louis city too. Roller coaster, right? An own goal from Yarrow, and then we go on a run, and then we give up two to keep it close at the end. Heavy rotation, um, we have to say, now that we've just talked about rotation. So um, I missed the own goal. Uh, Matt, do you want to walk us through what happened there? Because I'm not even sure, to be honest. Yeah, so it was uh, Tacoma had us deep in our own end. Um, Hebert was defending a player on our left side. And their their attacking player tried to make a cross on the ground. Um, Yarrow intercepted it right in front of goal. And he he slid back towards the goal to kick the ball and just put it in the net. Mm. As a, I, I guess he was trying to clear it in the air or to the sides. But his positioning was in, in the middle of the penalty box. And so when he dove, he dove foot first to the goal and just put the ball in as the ball was coming from our own left side. Definitely a miscue. Um, I, it was bad positioning to make that kind of move, I thought. Mm. I, I 
can see what he was trying to do in clearing the ball because it's a, I mean, that ball was in a dangerous spot and there was a, an attacking player right on his other side. So I, I think he was a little, he was in a position where that was his probably only play on the ball. And so he, he took it and it just was unfortunate how it played out. Yeah. Um, we should give this team credit. I'm going to get my big thing out of the way so um, and then leave the rest to you guys. But um, I was worried about this Tacoma team just because a lot of these players are like major USL championship players. Josh Atencio has like 1,500 minutes in MLS, and he's shown quality as both a center back and a defensive mid. Um, they did switch. Um, I, I, I Again, I had to miss this one from going out of town, but I watched the stream and they mentioned how they lost the right back. So they played in a three back system and I was going to give them credit for that. And maybe that's why they lost. But I thought about it. They used to play three back systems all the time. And Josh Atencio is like known for being that third center back. So it's not that big a deal. But Danny Leva, a big youth national team player, played a ton with the championship team. Um, when they were in USL championship has a lot of MLS minutes, the AOC of soccer, um, got three games with the MLS team and has tons of USL championship minutes. Same for Marlon Vargas, tons of USL championship minutes. Um, these guys have, are used to playing against adults. This, this wasn't a big deal for them. So I was worried about this. And when that first goal had went in, you know, I, I was trying to pull my stream up. I missed it. Um, and I started to get worried until, uh, Akil Watts had a banger of a goal, which was incredible. Uh, Santiago, I know you saw that. So do you want to kind of describe that one? Yeah, no. So, uh, it was, uh, and we were talking, uh, offline and also at the beginning about, uh, Dolling, uh, like he held the ball and, uh, made a great play and, um, got some space, um, and, uh, passed it to, uh, Akil Watts and, Akil Watts was also able to get some space, and then he hit that banger from outside the box uh, for the for for the tie, uh, which uh, it was great uh, because the team uh, after that unfortunate uh, own goal uh, reacted quickly, and it was like uh, okay, uh, our captain uh, had like an unfortunate play. We're gonna back him up and uh, turn this game around right away. So that was great to see. Um, I really like the the attitude the team had right after the goal, and as you were saying, Phil, I was a little worried too because this uh, Tacoma Defiance team um, had uh, some players with MLS experience. I wasn't sure how many of them they were going to to have at the game, and even uh, Coach Hackwar was was also saying the same. Uh, like the couple of days before the game at the press conference, he was like, "Well, because somebody asked him like." what do you know about Tacoma? And he was like, well, the first two games, they had some of their MLS players, um, but it's hard to know if they're going to bring some of them because they have a, an MLS game uh, this week and then they are playing in CONCACAF Champions League um, midweek. So it's hard to know. Um, so I wasn't sure uh, if they were going to have a lot of them, but, but yeah, five of the starters had MLS experience. And uh, like the first, even before the goal, like um, Tacoma had a chance that that uh, their striker um, wasn't able to put away. Mm -hmm. So um, le even leading to the goal, I was like, wow, this Tacoma team is showing good things. Uh, it's a good team, so it's going to be a battle. But uh, I really like how the team reacted and um, was able to turn things around. Yeah, obviously some... some um, things at the end um yeah you 
you put you, you put yourself in that position where you can have rotation and give minutes to other players but uh, obviously um things didn't go the right way and um we we finished uh, with two goals for Tacoma and made it closer but but no great reaction from the team i really like that that first goal well and the the comment about hackworth um not really being sure who tacoma was going to throw at us it kind of made me wonder if that's why we start we didn't start flat-footed necessarily but why tacoma was able to kind of get those early opportunities and and get that goal in um and, and put themselves in the position to have that goal go in early mm. The there seemed to be a lot of uncertainty in that regard. So I wonder. We came up. We came out with our own game plan that was pretty consistent. But you always wonder how the game plan is going to be uh, for the the opponents. And if you don't know, that kind of immediately led me to think that there were there were some ways that Tacoma was coming out at us that we maybe not were expecting um, because of that specific rotation that they put in. Yeah. Yeah, I think all those things are uh, definitely true. And um, the Akil Watts goal, like, I just wanted to say, I know I'm kind of jumping backwards here, but I just didn't know he had that in his bag. Like, I could picture him hitting a banger. That doesn't surprise me at all. But the fact that he was able to kind of twist and, like, reverse shoot it with such a fast release, like, there's that defender was like, there's no way he's going to shoot it as quickly as he did like he got that ball off so fast with so much power and placement the placement like was that luck or can he just do that regularly i'm excited to see that in the future who knows but um well and, and, so and in, in our system i think in our system he's going to be afforded that opportunity when he's on the field because that he's he was a left back mm-hmm. who was in almost a number nine position to score right. that goal and the way that that play kind of unfolded with AJ getting the ball, playing it so high up to Doling, drawing two defenders over to him and just kind of finding a keel who is cutting over to the middle. I think that that is a very um, abnormal uh, opportunity for a left back to find themselves in. And I'm excited to see more of that mm-hmm. because you know that our, our central defenders and our center backs are going to be in positions that let him make those kinds of runs. Yeah. And he does. He sneaks his way up when he plays fullback, especially. So that's fun to watch. Um, and he's he can be so responsible too. He, again, right back, left back. Hey, Margo. Uh, <laughs> the lady in of here. the hour. You made it. <laughs> Stu, I see you got. Uh, you finally were able to change it. So you are now Margo's number one fan. <laughs> um, I'm proud of you, bud. Um, yeah, sorry, sorry, Jake. I'm uh, I'm Margo's number one fan. I mean, you might have some you're competition have some there people. with some other people. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna have to fight some people on Twitter for that one. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But the other goals, um, Celia Pompeu got the ball toward the end line and just like kept driving at goal, kind of slowly but controlled. And he just was picking out his moment to score that goal to the far post. I thought that was just such a striker's goal, like an attacker's goal. It was so patient and uh, so technical in a lot of ways. AJ Polizzolo, go ahead. That wasn't too far after his crossbar hit. Right, that's right. He hit the crossbar right before he scored that goal. And on the goal... It was Akil who won the header that played it up to uh, Tacoma's defense that misplayed it. Mm-hmm. And Celio was able to get the ball around and go right at the keeper through the five hole. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and also, yeah, the dude presses and he's got that attacking talent. It's a great combination. 
You know, we saw no, that in preseason a lot yes. too when we saw him on the field on that left side. That was fun to watch. You know, like there's zero worry about buy-in, right? Like these guys are on board with what's happening. So that's that's really nice to see that kind of stuff uh, going on. And I will also say I, the one thing I didn't tweet much in this one, but the one thing I think um, was true was like they took that first goal personal. You know, like they were like, oh, no, no way did you score on us. Like they were a- playing angry for a long time in this game. Well, right? it was only three minutes uh, it only took three minutes for us to score to tie the yep. game. Yeah. Yep. So you wondered what we were going to do. And there was some talk, I know, in where Stu and I were, how are we going to respond? You know, they, they just got up ahead early. What are we going to do? Did not take long to get our answer. <laughs> Mentality, right? Um, so the Palazzolo goal was a knockdown. It kind of pinged around. I can't remember exactly how it happened, but that was a doling assist. He's got what? Did we count it up? He's got three already in all competitions, maybe four assists. No goals, but hey, I mean, was this the AJ header in the box? Oh, I thought. Am I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The the assist was from Celio, but uh, from a free kick. Yeah, free kick uh, right outside the box on the right hand side. Was that the Schneider goal that Doling laid back? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The other one where that was basically. I mean, it wasn't. It was similar to the first goal where Doling kind of just had the ball. They swarmed him. And he left it off for Schneider, who came almost out of nowhere because Kuzain was in the box too. Yeah. And Schneider just buried it, who was just to the right of Doling. Yeah. But Dol- that's another example of Doling just not being – he's not doing what I thought he was going to do, which would be that big presence that they're just going to find in the in the box. And I didn't watch any of them in college, so this is kind of a, a really exciting thing to get to see unfold. Doling, besides being that uh, physical presence who's getting just beat up by defenders – every single game brian simpson was the one who said he talked to him after the uh indie match and and doling said he was going to need six ice packs after the game. <laughs> but every single time he gets the ball he's being respected and defenders are double teaming him they're going after him they're trying to make it so he can't get towards the box and he's taking full advantage of that to find the open midfielder the open winger and and that's how we're getting a lot of these goals and it's really fun to see him do that yeah it is um but I, I didn't give AJ's due. Matt, uh, I know you tweeted about it, but why don't you also talk about it on the podcast? <laughs> it was it was unequivocally AJ Palazzolo who scored this goal. I, there's no mistaking how high he got in the box to bury that header from Celio's free kick. Uh, it was, I mean, we haven't, we haven't seen that a whole lot where we're getting just um, separation from uh, from set pieces, but this was this was clear. It was perfect, and it came from one of our tallest guys. So I I, I would expect him to to do that kind of. And it was totally different than the goal he scored in uh, preseason that I erroneously gave credit to Doling um, <laughs> because of I blame shoddy camera work. I blame um, <laughs> two tall white guys yeah. who just kind of. <laughs> but tall, no, it, body, <laughs> body types. Right, right, right. Um, but no, that was that was uh, a different goal than I think we've scored just about any of this season, and it was that was a fun one to see because it was it was a strong header. So, so Matt, if it makes you feel better, uh, somebody um, um, after that goal, after not not after Palazzolo's goal, but after um, the first goal um, at the press box, they gave they gave credit on the. Um, assist to uh, Palazzolo. I don't know if you guys noticed that when they announced the goal, but uh, no, um, I, wrote, I wrote it down and I was like, uh, I was, uh, okay, uh, doling to uh, kill Watts and then uh, 
uh, it's interesting because I had never been like in a match inside the press box because we, we didn't broadcast this one. So I was in the press box. It's interesting to see all the things that go behind the scenes. So after the goal, like they are talking in their walkie talkies and saying, okay, number, number nine to, uh, to, um, number, uh, I, I forgot a kilowatts uh, number all of a sudden, eight. but they, but, uh, they said number six to number eight. And I was like, number six is Palasol. And I was like, there is no way. Um, and then I went back and looked at the reply like, yeah, that's, uh, that's uh, darling. So yeah, but if that makes you feel better, I guess they, they look alike and people can uh, uh, can feel much better. About yeah, that. yeah. Appreciate that, Santiago. <laughs> <laughs> because I did get called out after the game in the in the line as he passed me. So yeah, he remembered. <laughs> so I didn't realize that. So he was calling you out because you messed up the last one. Is that what that was? I, or he was he, just like he saw you and he's like you're gonna tw- you're gonna tweet about this right it was uh it was it was you're gonna tweet about this right because he knew that I, uh, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah i love it so yeah in this one doling had two assists um pompeu had an assist and a goal and i think and he got goal, man of the match man. if i'm not mistaken yeah he yep. got man of the match yep. yeah um so Good stuff from both of those guys. I mean, from everyone. I mean, it, it was a good game. I, I, the other side of this story is um, we mentioned how there were a lot of um, substitutes. So uh, Kwame Awuwa came on in the 66th minute, and at that point it looked like we kind of went to a, a five-back system. Watts switched to the right as a wing-back, Awuwa on the left. Um, and then we start seeing in the 73rd, Gibbs comes on for Kamal and Wagner on for Pompeu. Um, so both those guys kind of, well, was Wagner playing as an attacker? I was having a hard time. It was a little too blurry on the stream. Does anyone know where those two were playing at that point? Uh, Wagner was playing in center mid. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I don't, I, at this, I wish I could have uh, figured that out better. But also later on, uh, Sergio Rivas came on after being injured. He finally got some minutes, uh, some professional minutes. Um, DeRosa came off. Um, so lots of subs. We got a lot of guys some minutes, um, but we also gave up two goals, right? So, um, you know, I, I threw a million things out there. You know, part of it was, boy, we subbed on some young kids and then we let up some goals. That wasn't the whole story. Um, do you think mentally we let up? Do you think we were tired? A lot of things could happen. I mean, Defiance has some professional players on their side as well, so maybe they just stepped up their game. I just thought we'd kind of open that up for discussion in, on that one. I mean, we, we we could have been winning that game 6-1, yeah. 4-1 at the half, first half, because we had a penalty call that didn't go our way in the third minute of the game uh, when Diaz got taken down on the box, uh, which maybe would have been slightly soft, but it was a better penalty than the one that we got against Rochester. So... If it were in the 33rd as opposed to the third minute, it probably would have been a penalty. Yeah, and uh, I know some Tacoma Defiance fans were talking about that line clearance or uh, clearance off the line in the second half, but uh, the AR actually raised his flag before that even played in, so... I was telling Phil about that one um, right before we started, and it was we we saw the entire thing from where we were because it was basically right in front of us, Stu. 
And the the sequence that ended up playing out where they had the ball, it looked from where we were like it crossed the line, but the sideline official had already raised his flag. You can see it on the highlights too. Go to MLS Next Pro, watch the highlights. Clear as day, that that sideline official raises his flag before the ball is even played in. We clear it at the goal line, whether it's crossed or not, and then he just pulls his flag down and keeps on playing. <laughs> Listen, they're third tier too. You know what I mean? We've all got some learning to do. <laughs> We're finding out what happens when you don't get the MLS Next Pro match of the week. There you go. Yeah. Um, which, okay. So I watched the stream too, as a side, as an aside, and it, the camera work was fine. The audio was in and out the whole time, like someone had a bad cable. Uh, so, you know, whatever on that one. Uh, but I thought the commentator was good. It was one guy, but still, like, you know, I, we've seen some multiple bad guys in one <laughs> in one match in USL Championship. So, um, you know, they're doing fine uh, for. MLS next pro. I think we should be happy with what we're getting in that regard, except we do want replays. We're not going to forget it. So any other thoughts about the game Um, before we move on? We've got a couple other topics. So on those last two goals um, in the heat of the moment, when we were in the stadium watching it play out and getting a little antsy as they scored the second goal, I remember vividly thinking we're having some defensive lapses Mm -hmm. and it's, it seemed like we're just, whether it's, uh, like I was saying earlier, whether it was guys we rotated in who aren't as familiar with uh, playing with everybody else and they're they're just not as, I mean, obviously they're not as, um, as, as sharp because they haven't been in the game the entire time. But they just, Wagner's first minutes were on Sunday. Um, Rivas hadn't played. I think Rivas's first minutes were Sunday as well. Yeah. But, but they just hadn't had, um, hadn't had time to gel. But... What it, what I was watching on the highlights kind of told a different story, um, and it seemed like because both were essentially uh, crosses from opposite sides. So one was from the right, one was from the left, and they were played both played into the box, and they almost seemed like they beat our uh, our shift and our high press by just putting the ball so high up and getting having their attackers get it in behind our defense. So the second to last goal, uh, it seemed like they were they had a, a set piece from the right side outside the box. They played it in really far past our defenders, past DeRosa and Yarrow at the time, and their guy just happened to get a header in behind our, our guys. But but DeRosa and um, and Yarrow were in center back positions. So DeRosa, our fullback on the right side, they had played them over so far to the left towards the ball side that there was nobody left behind them. Mm. And the defender just, or the attacker for Tacoma, um, he did kind of like a head nod and he got in behind uh, DeRosa almost as, as quick as, you know, as quick as it uh, could be. And so I saw that the thing that worked so well for us where we're swarming the ball and we're attacking and we're moving our guys, because we've talked about this before, where our formation shifts to the ball side a whole lot mm-hmm. and our fullback away from the ball tends to move into that other center back position, that that got us burned. And I'd kind of, in thinking about it, have been waiting for this to happen yeah. because that's the concern. When you're putting that much pressure on the ball side, you have to make sure that nobody's going back door. And that's what happened on that second to last goal. And then on the uh, 
on the actual last goal, it was kind of the mirror of that, where the ball was from the left side, it was played in. And this is the one that I think we thought was the big defensive lapse. But in, in the replay, it looked like Walker went up for the ball. And I don't know if it should have been a foul, but Walker went up for the ball, um, had a 50-50 against the defender, and went down. And when he went down, the ball was played over again behind our defenders to uh, our far left side. And it was an easy pass in behind Walker to an attacker that, that scored. And since Walker was still down. So I don't know if I don't know if a foul should have been called, but I know that Walker went up and then he was he collided with a defender, went down, and then they got it in. So defensive laps in the sense that we were kind of shaken without a keeper uh, in position, but it was also a, a time where the the player who made the assist for Tacoma was in behind our defense on the opposite side that we were attacking the ball from. Yeah, I, I think that a lot. You painted a wonderful picture there, Matt, of of how that went down. And every time I see like two guys go over and then another guy cheat in a little more, and then the next pass happens and you see two more guys go in, and it's like we're like losing more and more players on the weak side, right? And I'm like start to worry, like start to worry. But it it works so well that usually almost every time that gamble pays off. And that's, I mean, that's why this press system is the way it is, but uh, the enemy of every pressing team, Liverpool included is going to be, you know, a ball in behind to the weak side where no one is anymore, you know? And so then you got to have a, a pacey defender of some sort to come in and do a last ditch save. So, um, you know, watch for that in Liverpool or I don't know any other, um, what Leeds United, you know, some really massive teams are going to have exactly the same problem. And it happened to us twice in that game. So, you know, something to watch for Matt. Thank you again. That was really good work on on picking up on on that tactical move um any other thoughts on this game yeah i love oh go ahead no go ahead jake (laughs) i was just gonna say this might be real quick i love max schneider (laughs) he is I, i think he's a godsend and he's a perfect midfielder um my my brother was in town over the weekend so he came to the game which was a, a much better experience. And this is the same brother who came out and we watched Swope Park Rangers at the time, St. Louis FC. It's like a zero, zero draw in the rain, miserable game, terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, so this was a lot more exciting. Um, but Max Schneider, I pulled up w- while we were at the game, I pulled up Max Schneider's free kick from the pr- first home game that Kuzan scored. Yeah. And even though that, that shot and that kick was saved, like that was such an insane just go yeah. back and watch the replay. Like the movement on that ball was nuts. So I showed my brother and I was like, this guy's crazy. And then, so every time he had a free kick and we had a lot of them, it was like something might happen. And they all looked, we didn't quite get there, but all of them looked great still. Like they were close, like keep. Mm-hmm. And then, so I was so glad that he got his goal. And I just thought like, even like not just his free kicks, but everything he does throughout the field, box to box. Like I love him. I love him so much. I so wish he still had his long hair. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. Want to give some props to Max. <laughs> he didn't lose his strength, thank goodness, uh, from no. cutting that hair. But uh, you know, he's like a ballsier wall fall in a lot of ways because he's got that free kick. Um, he got you know, someone didn't keep him in Germany maybe because he was too slow. Right? They said he wasn't fast enough, and they didn't think he could cut it. Uh, well, here he is playing for us and doing really good work. I've really enjoyed it. Good shot there, Jake. Santi, what, what were you going to say there, bud? 
Yeah, very quick. Um, so I wanted to comment. So the team has scored uh, eight goals in three matches, seven different goal scorers, mm. uh, which which I find great. Uh, like, and you have a combination of um, defensive guys scoring, midfielders, uh, and yeah, Josh Dolling hasn't scored yet, but he he has a few assists, and and his goals will come, but. The fact that seven different guys have scored, uh, I think it's amazing and, and it speaks a lot about um, the way the team uh, is and uh, how they play uh, as a collective and, and how they play with each other. So I really like that, that, that we have spread uh, the goals and the assists among multiple players. I've always, I always trust a team that has multiple scorers. Like it's a system that's sustainable. When you get like a Dane Kelly or like, you know, someone just scoring, what was that? Haji Berry did it for Colorado um, last year. Like, uh, is that sustainable? Like that guy's going to leave for money and then the team's going to be just lost. Right. So uh, that makes me feel good that we're not going to be that way. OK, I've got a I've got a trivia for you based on that one that I just put together. Mm-hmm. All right, so, I, so we have four players who have started for us that have not scored a goal. Who are they? Not counting the keeper. Not counting the keeper. Do own goals count? Yara's one. No, no, no own goals don't count. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. Yara's De Ro- one. De Rosa is one. De Rosa. Are we counting goalkeepers? No. Okay, good. That's more confusing. Outfield players. Doling hasn't. Doling. Yeah. Oh, no. Wait, did you say started? Mm-hmm. Oh my god! Yeah, I need DS. No, nope. no, he he scored one. Nope. He scored PK. Kyle Hebert. There it is. Hebert. Yep. Yep. So Hebert, Yarrow, DeRosa, and Doling are, are the four players who have started but have not scored a goal yet. That was fun. Outfield players. Good one. So those guys need to get on it. We should tweet this and call them out. <laughs> <laughs> Where are your goals? <laughs> All right, there's a, we're almost to the hour mark, so I want to get this out of the way. I got a little confused recently, guys. I totally forgot. No, I didn't forget. So I knew Jao Klaus was was in the July crew, right? We'll just call it the July crew or whatever. Um, but I also saw that his last game with St. Trudem was, uh, was last week, uh, one where he came in and scored a minute later, right? Love seeing that. Um, he's been scoring. Great goal. Was it? It was a great goal, yeah. There's a, there's a, a video that... Uh, that's circulating it's on his, his twitter i think stl fan van um retweeted it he found himself in a perfect position ball was on the right side um they play had like a little cross from the right to the center and he was charging from the left corner of the penalty box into and he like jumped up in the air right footed and just buried it nice per- perfect positioning love it yeah, I'm really excited to get him because I think I think that's going to go. I think he was like a he's a bit of a diamond in the rough that'll do well in, in MLS for sure because uh, he's been given up on. But anyway, he's done with St. Truden and it showed like his bags packed and it had flight to Brazil and then flight to the United States. And I was like, wait, I mean, he may take a couple of weeks off, but maybe he can start in you know May. Right. We, maybe we'll see him in May. But 
I didn't know about the rules. And we'll skip straight to Scott Winter asked a wonderful question. Forgive me if this is explained elsewhere. Do we use the MLS na- uh, Next Pro transfer window to bring Klaus over in July? Are we required to clear an SC2 spot for him by a loan or cut a current player? Can we freely move him back to St. Louis City 1 between September and February of 23? Really cool question. And these two, my mistake and this question are kind of combined. And Matt, you answered it very nicely if you want to take it from here. Yeah, so there is a transfer window, secondary transfer window for MLS Next Pro that opens uh, beginning of July. And that would be where we could bring him over. Klaus is signed to St. Louis City. Uh, the MLS team. So he would need to be loaned down from city to city two, which we could do during that transfer window. Um, at that point, Klaus would take up a professional slot on city two. Uh, we currently have seven open pro roster slots per their roster rules. So we would not need to cut or release a current player. We can just loan him straight down during that secondary transfer window. And then at that point, he's on loan to city two from city. So he can be moved back whenever City decides to recall him. Perfect. How are we doing on uh, on international slots? Because even alone would require an international slot for City to. Um, we have open international slots. Yeah, we. It's seven for for MLS ne- Next Pro. Next correct? Pro. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, assuming all of the transfers coming in in July occupy international slots i'm just trying to do the math in my head um i mean yarrow can't occupy an international slot at this point correct yeah um it'd be hard to know everyone's green card status right yeah just off the top of my head they're there can't so if, be many. If there are seven international slots in MLSX Pro and we were to loan down um, Klaus, Ostrich, Nielsen, Berkey, Nielsen, Berkey and, Pedro. Um, and Pedro. So that's five. So that would cause an issue because I think we have three players, at least three, occupying an international slot now. But those international slots can be traded and acquired, so mm. I don't think that's a uh, substantial barrier. Yeah, what what could that possibly cost in MLS Next Pro? Uh, There's no gam now, so maybe it a, is more. A bag of select balls before <laughs> the uh, Colorado Rapids match. Wasn't uh, someone traded for pizza in USL at some point? <laughs> I forgot what it is. I mean, I, I couldn't imagine getting a couple of international slots would would uh, cost much of anything, to be honest. <laughs> Good thing to keep in mind, though. Maybe we can ask that. There's a there's a meeting tomorrow, or a press thing tomorrow. So I'm not going to ask that. Not there, but someday maybe we can ask that one. Cl- closer to July, I think that. Yeah. Not- that's a yeah, valid question absolutely. because I, I'm not quite sure who's occupying an international slot now because some of the guys who are from foreign countries went to college in, in America, like Sergio Rivas, yeah, um, the, uh, Josh Doling, the, uh, yeah, those guys went to college. Yeah. So I, uh, Schneider's the only one who was, I'm pretty sure is 
occupied an international slot. Hmm. He went to college here, but he, yeah. Well, Schneider was here for four years, right? At Marshall? Maybe even five. But I would venture he... to guess that I would venture to guess that that doesn't really play into domestic international now, just because you would have to have a green card to be a domestic player, and they were on like probably a school permit or school visa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. When when you are in college, you're you're on you're on, yeah. a, on an a student visa for international students. So yeah, that doesn't do anything for them. <laughs> and I know I know for a fact that we have uh, six countries outside of the United States that our players hail from. <laughs> Right. Santiago, if we uh, were to start a team that was flyover footy, would you have a green card or would you be an international slot? Or have you been nationalized by your Puerto Rican wife? Uh, yeah, I am a U.S. citizen. Woohoo! So, so no no international slot. I won't me. have to spend any of my gam or tam. Now I'm, ha- right. now I'm happy. You won't have to give pizza to anybody yeah. to, to to be able to get me on the team. Man, I like pizza too. So uh, I am eligible for the Polish national team. So uh, <laughs> nice. If I switch, then I would require an international spot. Maybe we got a cap stew. Yeah, we got to get him get him cap tied and then never use him again. <laughs> Tyler, sorry, Tyler Boyd. Um, okay, one more. And Stu, this is involving you especially. I'm going to come ask this one to you. Uh, Tim Ream, I saw an article today um, that he's up for renewal. Do you think uh, Fulham will renew or do you not think or what do you think they should do? Uh, I think so. Tim just hit 250 appearances with Fulham. Mm. uh, And I think they are going to give him the choice on whether or not he wants to extend or not give get one year or not uh he's he's definitely happy in the uk um i can't say i talked to him a lot but i've talked to him on the rare occasion and him and kristen are happy out there mm. so yeah they'll i mean they'll give him the choice i i could see him sticking around a year as a Fulham guy i hope he's sticks around a year and just is a bench presence. He's been the captain for most of the season. And with St. Louis looking at Nielsen, who's a left center back. Yeah. I just maybe don't see the fit at the moment, but maybe, I mean, there's probably space for both to be honest. And, and, and a guy who's starting, for the best team and the championship at a high level is definitely going to be good enough for MLS and especially MLS next pro. So if he's interested, I think you sign him, but uh, I don't think St. Louis city should wait for him to decide on what he's going to do before they make their move, which I, I think is, partially why Nielsen is going to be the choice in the signing. Yeah, I think they'll definitely get Nielsen, but I do think it's possible to have both. Like I I kind of feel like whether he comes to St. Louis or whether he stays at Fulham, he's going to be kind of like a player coach kind of situation, like you were saying, or like a bench captain kind of thing. Um, But, you know, last time they went to premier league, he mostly played cup games. And so I could see him kind of doing those and then perhaps, 
loaning to St. Louis for the rest of a season. You know, like if you're going to be like a unofficial captain of a team, why not do the cups, play your games and then say goodbye and then come hang out in St. Louis for the, you know, open-ended future. Who knows? But unless he wants to like retire and stay in the UK, I think that might be, as you framed it, might be the biggest draw to his final decision. Yeah. Yeah, he, he does own a house in St. Louis. Um, I don't know if that's too much information, but yeah, he he owns a house in St. Louis. You have an and, address? Uh, um. <laughs> I could get one, but no. Uh, uh, I I think his plan has always been to eventually move back here and play back here. Uh, cool. But I mean, we'll see. You know, yeah, you're right. Maybe he plays four months in the UK and then comes back in January on loan or loan to sign to St. Louis city. Hopefully that's something that's being discussed if there's interest there, but because honestly Nielsen could absolutely blow up in the next three months and get signed elsewhere. (laughs) And you always have to have a backup plan. You have to have three backup plans in the future. Think three windows in the future. If you're, you know, a sporting director and i i think uh lutz knows that more than anyone else so uh we'll we'll see how that goes it's kind of reminiscent of the uh what happened with charlotte right before the season started where their second ever signed player that australian national um i think attacking midfielder Mm. ended up being sold um for a hefty profit to i think it was middlesbrough and they were kind of caught flat-footed for a little bit. Yeah. They they seem to have gotten their footing, but it goes to show that you have to be prepared for that kind of thing, especially for a player of the caliber that we seem to be going for internationally. Yeah. The loan to the loan to sign or the yeah, the loan to sign deal would be interesting because that would be like you're thinking essentially um Reem could come over here next January, be ready for the start of the MLS season. But then his time at Fulham would then be done, right? Because, you know, if he's not going to, if he's going to be loaned for the rest of the Premier League season, assumedly the Premier League season, and and then stay with MLS in, in St. Louis for the remainder of our season, even through the summer, that would put him into the next season. So do you yeah, think that if, if he, Fulham if he were, has a, yeah, Fulham has a lot of, Financial fair play stuff is really complicated and the way they kind of mess with how contract money moves from window to window. Uh, I I could see that working because I know they, they work and especially a team like Fulham that on paper has a lot of money. Um, but when they have to work within the financial fair play rules kind of have to work some magic. So that's why a guy like uh, Harry Wilson is a Fulham player, but he's technically alone until this summer when he signs for 12 million. Mm. Um, or they extend a guy like Alvi uh, Mawson who basically is only getting extended for a year. So his uh, original transfer fee is spread out an extra year for the books. So it 
it hits differently and they don't get in trouble on that. It's I, I'm not an expert on that, but I, I could see something like that. But ultimately, I do think Reem will have the choice, at least with Fulham, if he wants to stay or go. Um, and I don't know if he's made that choice yet, to be honest. And uh, I think he's probably focused on promotion, which is going to happen in the next couple of weeks, and then hmm. he'll probably figure it out. But I don't know. I'll, uh, I might see him in a couple of weeks, and if I do, I'll, uh, I might ask. But I don't, I don't expect he'll actually tell me anything substantial. We'll be well, the, for winks. And the one other thing is just looking at transfer marked, it does seem like he would not be a DP level player if he came here or even a TAM level player. Mm-hmm. So there would be flexibility on mm-hmm. city side for that too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I could see maybe some TAM. I mean, Cameron depends on what TAM kind of lover player, right? It, it depends on what kind of transfer fee occurs in a loan. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's fair. If, if he came on free, I would think he would be a minor TAM player if a TAM player, but, uh, I, I mean, probably a similar situation to Cameron. Cameron came out alone from QPR um, at the very end of of their season, so maybe something similar to that. The January window, I mean, Fulham may be really excited to unload some salary. You know, I don't, I don't know the rules. I don't know how needy they are of money, but couldn't hurt if they need someone. You know, who knows. But, you know, mostly I think we all agree. I mean, we want Reem to be happy and retire a happy St. Louis and uh, with a wonderful career, which it has been. So all the best of luck to him and his decision. Uh, we'd love to see you here, bud, if you watch this, right? Surely he watches. Can't all right. imagine he doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, if, I, if you see me looking to the right and losing uh, attention, it's because I am uh, just saw that CCL, CONCACAF Champions League. Uh, Seattle will be the fifth MLS team to play in a CONCACAF Champions League final. So that's exciting. They just beat New York, and there was some crazy stuff going on. I highly suggest you watch the highlights if you haven't already by the time you're seeing or hearing this. Well, I was going to watch the full game, but never mind. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Just gave it away. You don't know the score. <laughs> um, cool. Cool. All right, guys, thanks for talking to me. If you are listening or watching this one, really appreciate it. Thanks for hanging with us. We'll be talking to you in another couple of weeks. Bye, everybody. See ya. See you. See ya. See ya.